Welcome in, everybody. It is another episode of Scarves and Spikes. It is after decision day. We have made it through the entire regular season, and Atlanta United is in, set to play Columbus in the first round. And uh, I was going to do like a bit when I first started off, but my children have moved some of my paraphernalia. But I had a yellow card. I was going to hold up a couple of them and uh, write Almada's name on it. Too soon. No, it's not. Too soon. <laughs> so, um, yeah. But how you doing, Tommy? Still recovering from the weekend. It was a long weekend in Cincinnati. But uh, it was a great time. How was the stadium? How was uh, the vibe and everything? It was beautiful. Uh, you know, I, I went down there, I think the year after COVID was my, I think my first game back was against Cincinnati and uh, the crowd was still good at that point. Like they were almost sold out. And I think it was like a, it was a weekday match from what I remember, but it was beautiful and uh, the crowd was into it. But this time you could tell the crowds, the crowd's ready. They're hungry for more trophies. Uh, they had the supporter shield out there sitting out front. Yeah, I went to go try to take a picture of it, but there were just so many people around that they wouldn't let me near it. But yeah, it was it was Especially uh not wearing that jersey. Yeah, right. <laughs> you never won this. You can't touch this. <laughs> okay, but yeah, it was up. it was sold out. Yeah, uh, it was a sold out crowd. So good times. But man, it's the game started off so good, right? Like it was just the vibes were there. The team looked good. Everything was there. And I blame my wife. She went down to go get a, uh, some beers at half. She came back and she's like, what is everybody yelling at about Almada? And I was like, and everybody was Googling. Everybody was Googling. Is Almada suspended? Does this does this go over to the playoffs? And I'm like yelling to everybody. Yes. Yes. Unfortunately, this is, this is happening. It's like the worst case scenario. The worst thing that could happen. Did they not, does, does Pineda not go, all right, guys. No reds. You're on a yellow. Be careful. Be careful. Mm. Yeah. I don't know. I don't know what the thought process was with with Almada and the whole issue. We're going to talk about it. We got we got that game to talk about. We have the first round of the playoffs with Columbus. We're going to talk about it. We're going to welcome Miguel Giardo on the show. He's from the MLS uh, 360, the Apple TV crew. So he'll be joining to chat with us and he was in the studio the entire decision day. So he was he was all involved and he's got all the storylines and, and everything else going on. So he'll uh, he'll be in in a little bit. But uh, as usual, if you haven't already, go scarvesandspikes.com. We've got our articles going up there, our shows go up there, and our store where you can get you a pack of stickers. So go get you some, slap them on some stuff. Send us pictures, tag us. We'll share it out on the uh, the interwebs. But um, yeah, it's 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 a busy time. Patreon as well. Patreon.com slash scarves and spikes. You'll get in on our Discord, you get in on our watch alongs, which we'll be doing for the playoffs, hopefully more than one. We'll see. <laughs> um, and lots of other benefits. We have other interviews that we don't have on the regular show that you guys can come check out. So uh, plenty of good stuff going on, but all right. Now that we kept the lights on, Cincinnati. Almada. The big story we knew it was going to be after the match anyway was going to be this this whole double yellow Almada being sent off and then of course gets 
fined, which I said it at the time it happened. I was like, he's going to end up getting fined later because he's taking forever to get off the pitch. It is what it is. Um, let's start. Let's start with the positive stuff first. Okay. I guess. I mean, we're, we're going to get to the negative stuff. I guess we really can't. We should start with the positive. Let's right? start with the positive. This team looked hot to start. They did. They were attack hungry. Uh, you you saw Saba com- demanding the ball. I mean, he he's been doing it since he's come here. And there's a lot of times it seems like they ignore him yeah. on that side. He's calling for the ball, and they end up you know pushing it back instead of moving forward. But man, I I love what he wants, and when he gets the ball, he makes things happen. Right? I liked what him and Hernandez did together at, at times. Uh, I mean, that was kind of a shock, I think, to all of us, seeing Hernandez in the lineup over Brooks. Um, you know, He needed a break, like you said. Uh, we were talking uh, on the, the pre-show that, that he needed a break. It was weird that they were giving it to him now. I well, guess I understand, because really the game doesn't mean much, right? Well, you were there, so I don't think you heard. Um, no. He actually had a knock in the match against FC Juarez, that scrimmage, the friendly that they had during the international break. He had a, oh. a little bit of an ankle issue, but he's, I mean, he's good. He played, you know, at least a few minutes that night. So apparently it was just precautionary, which, and also to that whole point, he deserves to t- take a rest at this point on a, on a game that really didn't mean a whole lot. Okay. Well, I, Ronald Hernandez is a fine, is a fine backup, right? Yeah. Yeah. I, I thought that the, I thought everybody looked good there. Almada looked great. Saba looked great. Silva was making things happen. I mean, everything that you want to happen with this, the front three, they were doing. They were connecting, creating chances, and then obviously scoring goals. Yakamakis gets two goals. Uh, Saba, you know, ha- has an assist there. Th- Mata's got an assist. Two assists? Yeah, I believe so. I'm, I'm about to pull up the stats now so we can kind of dive into them. But yeah, I think, uh, I think he got a hockey assist on one, the same one that Saba got his on, so... But yeah, I mean, everything was going fantastic. Now, defensively, it had its moments, right? Yes. You, you, you're dominating. You're dominating the game for a long time, and then one counter, boom, balls in that. Beautiful pass. Absolutely beautiful pass, right? It gets it going on. But the Acosta goal. No bueno. Can't get I mean, beat. Mike's, no. Fifth graders are taller than him. <laughs> and, yeah. went, and and he and he he somehow was able to, to get a header in. That was that was silly. Um that, that that was just bad defensively. Now to to counter that, I thought the team looked really good playing a man down. After Almada does, you know, get the yell. We'll, we'll go back. Because we're gonna be talking about Almada here for most of the show. But after Almada goes out. I thought the team defensively compacted pretty well, stopped scoring chances, and were actually able to counter and, and get a get a few chances there, which I really didn't expect at, at that point. I thought once the, the yellow happened, this was going to be a 5-2 to two route. I thought it was over. Yeah. They were able to do it. I mean, they, they were able to, to play defensively, and you're going to need that, right? You're going to need that to come here um, in the next few games, right? Especially this game one. But I liked what I saw while they had a man down. They, they definitely played well. 
I, I can't complain about anything except the double yellow. Yeah. And the Yakamakis, you know, the, I, I couldn't really see it from where I was, and I went and watched the replay. Um, that foul looked hard on him. It, was, it should have been a red. It, 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 it should, I mean, studs up into the, the ankle. Didn't get the ball, at least from what I could they tell. They wouldn't show the replay in the stadium. Of course not. <laughs> they didn't. Uh, I mean, they were showing replays of everything else, but they would not show the yellow. Yakamakis was pointing to the screen, like trying to, like, show it show yeah. it and they wouldn't and then he wouldn't get off the field either i'm shocked he wasn't fined i know maybe they knew he had a, a good reason for not leaving and they're like oh you know what we're just not going to find the guy i mean yeah because if you up. if you clearly miss the red card and then you go and try to usher him off the field and he actually is hurt that's uh that's not a good look you know so no. but yeah i mean I, I agree i think to me this match was very much like jekyll and hyde because you you came out like you said. Atlanta came out offensively just on fire. They looked really good. They were creating really good chances. They had some really good opportunities. Um, and then they bury one, right? Twelfth minute, you get started earlier. You know, Saba with the the assist, the actual main assist, and Yakamakis with the goal. And I think before I even go into any more of it, I think one of my bigger storylines out of this match that maybe went under the radar for most people was the Yakamakis and Matt Miazga battle. Because I mean, you talking about what happened with that final foul before he was taken off when, since he came to Mercedes Benz stadium, Yako, he, I mean, he got, he got handled pretty solidly by Miazga. He didn't look, he never looked comfortable. He never looked dangerous. He looked like Miazga was just really frustrating him physical guy, big guy. And it's a battle of two big guys, right? That's that's what you want. But Yako's got experience. He's got a lot of I mean so does Miazga, but Yako's got a lot of really good experience. Champions League, Golden Boot twice over two different leagues. So I was curious to see how this matchup played out. And I feel like Yako completely flipped the script and got him. I feel like he he really, really worked him over in this one. So to see him kind of adapt and evolve in that what two month almost gap that uh, has gone since they last played. Uh, it was it was good to see. It was good to see him kind of check back over what happened, get maybe a little bit of Miazga's tendencies, and that was the 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 red. What should have been the red was to me the ultimate culmination of just Yako upsetting Miazga and frustrating him most of the game. So because Yako he could have had he could have had a hat trick easy. Um, yeah so. Defensively, though, you you can't you can't give up those goals. Uh, I haven't gone back and just watched over it a ton. I do feel like on that first goal, I think I think I feel like Brad could have come out and threw his body on the line and, and laid down on top of it, snagged it. But again, it's it's kind of here nor there. Um, you can't let balls like that come in from the from the wing. You just can't. And then, unfortunately, yeah, Caleb Wiley, he just he just got beat. By a very experienced guy, but also a very short guy. And it just, it's unfortunate. Lucho is, he knows what he's doing, but you just can't physically get beat like that. Now, we tend to forget that Caleb is 18 years old. I'm not mad at Caleb because I also know Caleb's work ethic. He's going to turn around and he's going to see this and he's going to watch the film a million times and he's going to fix it. And, and it is what it is. I'm not worried about that. He is a, a professional, a very young professional. Not worried about him. Rather him do that, learn about it, 
figure it out now than have that same thing happen in the playoffs. Agreed. So those are my quick hot takes or not hot takes. <laughs> it would be wild if, if Atlanta could get through this, this Columbus game, you know, and then somehow end up facing Cincinnati again. The storylines there are, are would be interesting. Yeah. To go in there because now you're you're not creating a rivalry here, but the past couple of games have been chippy. Get yeah. it to a playoff series. Or I mean a one game obviously elimination, but get it get it to that one game elimination and see what happens. Yeah. All the pressure's on Cincinnati in these playoffs. Because it, it always is in any sport, right? The number one seed hardly ever wins the championship. And the NHL, the NBA, NFL, I don't know exactly, but like there's a curse. There's always a curse. And there's a supporters shield curse that's out there. So all the pressure's the on Red Cincinnati. In yeah. twenty eighteen when Atlanta won the cup. Yeah. So, so yeah, I, I'm excited. I, I I'm excited for the playoffs. I, I, I was down. I, I I was down that night. When I hopped on spaces, you know, the, the alcohol hit me and the, the you know, the tears finally dried up. But I'm like, just this is not what you want. You would love to steal a game in Columbus. You you will. Now, I'm going to the game. Obviously, I'm going to game one. I probably won't make it to game three if we get there, but God. I have, I've already suffered in a Columbus game this yes, year. You have. <laughs> the that worst game of the season. We we can't we can't do this again. We we can't. Nope. You know it, it's interesting because I feel like the team is much better prepared and and totally different than that time. You also have the benefit of a lot of these players do still have that memory of getting just absolutely thwacked up in Columbus. But then also you have a recent match where it was probably not the the goal fest. I think a lot of people thought it was going to be. When they when they met in the bins, I had that one going, you know, a handful of goals either way. And you end up with a one one, barely a one one, but you end up with a one one draw. And I think maybe that goes in Atlanta's favor a little bit because you have players that have a little bit of history with this team that are ready to go and fix the the issue and fix the the dropped points that they feel like they they lost more recently, right? It's not an Orlando where you haven't played them in a while. Nobody really on this team is part of besides Brad and, and miles to a degree, part of that rivalry from, you know, years ago when it was Atlanta, Orlando and Joseph being the daddy and all that kind of stuff. Like that, that's not a thing. Philly, Columbus and Cincinnati are three of the best teams in the league. And you have recent history with all of them in matches that, had a lot of had a lot of attitude to them. And I hate it because I do feel like, you know, you played a full half of soccer that both teams probably would have been okay with. I think Atlanta more so than than Cincy. But Atlanta proved they could go out there, take the fight to Cincy away. That was one of the big things about the mentality that I talked with Gonzo about this past week when we were at the training ground was this away mentality because you're going to be away for the first match. And I, I'm excited that we we saw them go out and just take it to Cincinnati. And really, I mean, they looked confused for the first 15 or 20 minutes. And of course, good team. They're going to fight back. They did. Then Atlanta, mentality, goes and gets a second one. 
Cincinnati fights back. You give up a goal you really shouldn't have, but whatever. It's 2-2. Atlanta's proven they can do it. Cincinnati's proven that, all right, well, we're not going to let the, the pressure and everything get to us. We're still going to come out and, and handle business. The second half was just a complete wash. I wish they had never played the second half at all. Great, like you said earlier, that even though when they went down a man, they still showed that they had the ability to close out a match and not give up another goal. And to your point earlier, they had a couple opportunities themselves. But I just, it was such a, a crap show of a second half that there was, you know, there was no reason for any of it. And that brings us to the two yellows. It is unfortunate that Tiago Almada in his, because he's not a dirty player. He's never been an unclean player. He's never been a yellow card magnet. He's not LGP. He's, he's going to go. I mean, he's first of all, he's a freaking 10, so he's not going to be drawing too many. But I think I, I've kind of wondered and thinking about this over the past few days. I wonder if the mentality and maybe some of the tactics that Pineda and the coaching staff have, have kind of mentioned, and I want to ask him about this, involved just making sure that all the way from the front to the back, they were more involved defensively. Because Yako, he was all over the pitch in this match, which I thought was really, really interesting. I mean, he's normally a pretty mobile number nine, but I feel like he was everywhere. And I feel like Almada's yeah. doing a lot more defensively. And I wonder if that was part of the message to just frustrate um, Cincinnati from the front to the back you start asking a very offensive minded player to start playing a little bit more defense and you're bound to have mistakes. But the mistake that happened here, there's no excuse for that. There's no excuse. I don't know what he was thinking. I know he started trying to point at the, the ground and like stomp or something. I don't know what he was trying gesturing for, but the second yellow comes because you you clipped a player, not even related to the play. You're off the ball, walking back towards the play, and you just stick your foot out. And it, it was like it was like a little brother just trying to like trip his big brother. It was such a weird thing. And I don't get it. I don't understand, but it's the worst time. You miss the first round, first match of the first round of the playoffs. Like, cursed, man. <laughs> cursed. I don't know what to say. It's ridiculous. Yeah. I mean, this is what I was going to bring up. Yeah. It's not the first time, man. Now, that one was after a match, right? Same referee, too, though. Really? Yep. Oh. Joe Dickerson, same one. All right. Well, we're going to add it to the Avril Levine is a clone conspiracy it's theory conspiracy here. Theory. But it's a valid point, though. I mean, I, I, I guess there's no, there's no excuse for such a kind of a boneheaded move. There's just not, especially knowing what the, the position that you're in. This is not just a regular season game. This has far reaching consequences potentially. I do feel like in a match where everybody knows the end result really doesn't matter. I feel like there was some very, very strict calls that probably shouldn't have been called. And yes, what happened was a yellow. I'm not arguing that. But also, like, you got some leeway on some of this. And I just feel like it was maybe a little unnecessary to start throwing cards at everything for Almada. But then you go to the conspiracy theory side of things, and you're like, well, it is Joe Dickerson. He had the bump on him, and it was against Columbus, funnily enough, last year in, in the bins. 
when Columbus came to the bins, they scored in the first minute, and then they proceeded to waste time for the entire 90 minutes. Nobody ever got cards for time wasting. Nobody ever got a talking to for time wasting. Um, and then at the end of the match, Dom Dwyer scored a, a goal just to make it 2-1. Match ends, and Joe Dickerson had called Almada over, or ran ran after him at some point. Almada turns around, and as he's they're kind of yapping off at the mouth, he kind of bumps into him, shoulders him a little bit, and then gets suspended for three games. So take that for what it's worth. That happened, and then here we are now. And there's cards getting thrown again. It's a valid yellow card, but also, you know, this match had no repercussions in terms of like really anything other than we just got to get through it and get to the playoffs. So silly on Almada's part, kind of, I think a little, little ridiculous on Joe Dickerson's part as well, but can't argue it. It is a yellow. It be what it be. Almada's got to do better. So I don't know. Uh, you know, one of the things that I talked about on some of my articles this week on Dirty South Soccer and then on our website on scarfsandspikes.com, um, I think obviously Pineda is going to have options. The one thing that I don't see him doing in this match against Columbus is trying to go up there and sit back and, and hope for a, a nil-nil draw and penalties. I just That's not – first of all, it's not how his team is built. This team can't do right. that. Um, but two, that's not Pineda. That's not his style of play. Thank God it's not a style of play, but I mean, sometimes he did I do it once. I'll yeah. counter that, that Red Bulls game and Red Bull stadium. Yeah. Yeah, that's true. They needed, they needed points, yeah. right? They were, they were chasing the playoffs and they, they needed it. And no, that's exactly what they did. Now you yeah. have a different team. This team can't hold. I don't think they, they really play for, for zero, zero. I don't think they can actually do it. Now you showed with ten men though that and that 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 is a benefit. Like if losing Almada showed you anything, it's that you you can go and you're not parking the bus because I mean I'm I'm gonna tell you all right now. Had the whistle not blown, that goal for Cincinnati was coming because it was getting real dicey in the box. But you showed that you can you can bend a lot and they never broke. So. With with a full even you know eleven v eleven, I think there's something to say there that at least they have a little bit of confidence in the back of their mind that all right if we got to if we got to just dig deep and hold this one out, we can do it. It ain't gonna be easy, but we can do it. Just go use the tools that you have in your toolbox to go and score the goals that you know you can score and make it out of there, and then make Columbus come back home to the bins and beat them at the bins because that's that's also been a struggle. We kind of forgot about that. Like Columbus has actually been really good at the bins, which is unfortunate. But it's still not an easy place to play in. I would much rather make them come to the bins and knowing good and well that if they lose they're going home than try to make it to a game three. Yeah. Five takes asking should they have subbed Almada out after the yellow after the first yellow? He says no. Nice seeing you, sir. Ran into yeah, him uh, at, at a few bars, and we actually they sat. At, we were we were sitting next to each other at the game. No, I mean he's not a dirty player, so you you don't expect that. Now, if Yakamakis, let's just say that things got dicey early with him, right? I would have potentially 
have questioned that and said, you know what? Yakimakis has his history with this this team, right? And he gets frustrated very easily. We thought he was going to get a red card in that game, right? Yeah. He didn't. But I could see why they would potentially think that. Um, but no, I'm, I'm out of I mean, it shouldn't have. But at the end of the game, when I was like, anyone gets a yellow, immediately get them the hell out of this game. We, we can't afford anything else. I mean, Columbus is a, is a, is a high-powered team. I mean, that's their high scoring. Did they end up finishing as the highest scoring team? I believe so, yeah. I'll double check because we were right behind them at one point. Yeah. I mean, you, you can't afford it. Now, they, they leak goals. Like we leak goals, especially late. Yeah, it's going to be interesting. I I hope it's high scoring. I, I hope that these games turn into goal fests. Potentially after game one, of course. <laughs> after game one, if we if we can win that game one nothing late, oh, that'd be great. Yeah, and and that's the thing. Um, but, but momentum though, I mean that that's what I'm worried about here. The main yeah. thing, like everyone's like, oh well, it's a best of three, so you're not out of it. But it's the playoffs, and you've got a team that's experienced. It's got a lot of MLS experience. They're high scoring. You don't want them coming into the bends with full confidence. And that's that's my main worry here is that you know they go on to a three or four one route in, in that game, and then they come back and you know they're they're just dominating us at, at home. Are you confident in this team? No penalties. <laughs> you could have said anything and I would have said no. <laughs> no, 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 absolutely not. The penalty, is, that worries me. Is Parada taking a penalty? Uh, I don't know. I don't know. Is Miguel Berry taking a penalty? Oh, get out of here. Don't. Hey, but to be Why? fair. We weren't going to say his name anymore. We said we were done with him for the year. Well, look, that was just the cherry on top. Kick me while I'm down. <laughs> Kick me I mean, the good thing down. is you don't you don't have to worry about this going to extra time, so you're not as worried about you know trying to swap up guys at the last second. Like if if Jamal Tiari's on, you know you're not worried about trying to force another striker on just to have another striker to take penalties, right? Like you're playing 90 minutes and then you're going to penalties if it's a draw, so that's okay. I'm not I'm not too concerned about that. I'm always a big fan of just go out and score three or four <laughs> and not have to worry about it. And to be fair, like, I know that's crazy, but also if there's a team that could do it in terms of scoring that many goals, it's Atlanta, but it's also Columbus too. So it may end up being a shootout, but that's what we thought was going to happen in the bins a couple of weeks ago. And, you know, you come out with a one, one draw barely. So I don't know, man, this is, it's going to be tough. I do. I do though think I think Atlanta should be able to come out of this last match holding their head really really high because the Almada thing is is stupid yes it's absolutely silly but I like the fact that your defense can can look back at that and say all right well we haven't been phenomenal all season but we kept the best team in the league from scoring a goal while down a man for almost an entire half. If you're going to get that kind of defensive mindset going, this is the perfect time to do it. Bruno's hand. Are you more impressed that Almada got a red or ya or Yako not getting a yellow for three games straight? I I've been thinking about Ooh. that. I've been waiting for that yellow for Yako to come. 
how he made it through these past three or four matches without one has blown my mind. Good but, to see him get two goals, though. Yeah. I mean, we had the Atlanta United TV people on, and I mean, they were talking uh, about it before they came out with us. Like, this is, he's a very streaky player, right? Like, if he gets on, if he gets hot, he, he, he's hot, and he was there. I mean, he, he had a, he had a great game overall, scores two goals. I mean, the momentum's there, and the video they posted, like, a lot of people were a little upset, but. When Yakamakis, you know, he, he talked about being on this team and supportive, and then he just says, I love this team. I expletive Come on. love this team. <laughs> yeah. No, 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 no. What Atlanta United needs to do is right before that, that, that game starts, just post the unedited version. Get people running through walls. That's yep. what they need. Yeah. I, I see no problem with that. I also see no problem with them putting that on the Halo board. It once they come back for yeah game two, throw it up on the Halo board right before, right when they get done with the, with we ready, right before that that whistle blows. I want to hear Yako through the binge just go up. Love this team. <laughs> I, I, I'm here for it. I would love to see it. Um, let's see, Tippet Mage. You might want to clarify this. Uh, I said if I can click it. Do you feel that changes the tactic of when we push up goose? I'm sure this was related to part of the conversation we were having a minute ago, but if you can just reply back in the comment so we can know exactly what the context is and, and absolutely will answer it. Um, so, and we will get to it probably in a little bit as soon as we get done with our guests. So, um, waiting in the background, we give him a minute to, to get ready. I don't want to just dive in and throw him in. So it's giving me the good, the good, the good sign. So um, with that being said, this is a perfect time to transition. We have a guy who was all up in decision day uh, for MLS, Apple TV, and he is here to chat with us about decision day and the playoffs and everything else. It is Miguel Guillardo. How are you doing? Fellas, how are you? Hey. Good to be here. I'm excited mm -hmm. to, uh, to talk to you guys about decision day and Atlanta and everything. It's uh this is what we in the biz call party time. <laughs> <laughs> Have you gotten any sleep since that day? Uh, you know what, man? Every time I go to the studio, it's tough because, uh, as you guys know, we do the post-game show. Uh, the wrap-up show, and we have to wait for the Western Conference matches to finish. So we start the show at 12.45 a.m. sometimes. So, uh, yeah, it's tough. But, listen, when you're enjoying what you're doing, working with really cool people, uh, time goes by a little bit faster. Yeah. Do they feed you well? They do, man. They do. This weekend they had, you know, they, you know, they feed you as you get there. And then uh, at some point in the nine o'clock, eight o'clock in between shows, they'll bring some pizza or whatever the guys want. And there were some cookies this last time. So I can't complain. Ooh, Not bad. Go. Not bad. There you go. <laughs> so um, just real quick, just kind of let everybody know, tell everybody who may, may or may not be familiar with you. Sure. Just kind of your background history uh, and, and who you are. Yeah, man. Uh, so, you know, obviously I played I played professionally for about 10 years. Um, I started my career in Mexico with Tigres uh, a little bit there. And then I moved to the States with my family. And I, you know, I played for, you know, USL teams, Austin Aztecs, uh, Orlando City. I played there for a long time. I played for the Jackson Armada for a couple of years. And then, uh, you know, all together, probably about 10, 11 years. Um, 
and then my my wife my wife uh you know my wife told me hey i'm pregnant <laughs> so okay. so uh you know i have a step i have two step kids that you know my wife cannot travel uh with me and you know i was in the process of hopping up with another team back then but you know i i just I just felt like I needed to be home for her and 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 our kids and and my daughter who was going to be born in 2017 and um, you know I got an opportunity to hop on the broadcast for Orlando City um, just came, came kind of came out of nowhere uh, and little by little just kind of started climbing up and getting you know getting more reps and you know understanding the business a little bit more feeling more comfortable I love the league I've been covering it for a long time. Um, and so it's been a really cool journey. And then obviously with the transition of the rights, the TV rights with Apple TV, um, you know, I had the chance to to work with them. They offered me a chance to be one of the match analysts. And, you know, I've been doing some studio work as well. Uh, and it's just been an awesome experience. Just traveling around the country, covering different teams, getting to see different stadiums, different atmospheres, uh, and just really getting you know, getting into the nitty gritty of the league and understanding how things work and, uh, you know, just being really excited about the future of the league. Uh, Apple TV, Apple is a massive company and they're serious about the investment, obviously. And, uh, you know, I just can't wait to see what MLS is going to look like in the, in the near, in the near future. We've made massive, massive steps um, in the last few years. I just feel like every two or three years, there's like generational changes, you know, and and that happens when there's a lot of room to grow, of course. Uh, but it's just been really cool to see all the happenings, all the soccer-specific stadiums, all the teams coming in with like big investments and and big ambitions. Obviously, Atlanta United winning the cup right as they entered, and then setting the bar high for new franchises that are coming in. You know, FC Cincinnati just finally now starting to be successful, but they had three or four terrible years and. You know, you could sort of expect that because it's so difficult to put together a team and understand the league. But then teams like Atlanta United ruined that because it's like, wait a minute, those guys did it right away. Why can we do it right away? And then you got the LAFCs who also obviously right off the bat, they start to be really good teams. And then now Seattle, uh, I mean, uh, St. Louis. So, uh, and listen, the growth has been incredible. The investment has been massive. And now with Apple behind them, I just can't wait to see what it's going to look like in the next few years. So this was only step one of Apple, because I think they, right at the beginning of the season, you know, there wasn't a lot of information out there, right? And then, you know, a couple weeks before the season, they announced, you know, all the broadcasters who's working. And then they they want, they they made a point to constantly say, like, this is only step one. So if this is only step one, I'm excited to see what step two is. And I feel like maybe we even got to step two, even when Messi came, felt like there was a little bit more content pushed out there um, when he came in. And that's obviously a big help. And then you know money started flying everywhere when 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 Messi came in and yeah so next season I, I'm curious how this all changes um, you know what what how do they make it you know for us I, I think everybody's talks about is do they change the schedule right like do they they spread things out a little bit more so you can watch more games that's what I'm mostly interested to see for the future definitely well like what I can tell you is is that they're paying attention to everything. Um, you know, I think step one was to get this thing up and running. As you guys know, this was kind of out of the blue. And I don't know that there was a, a lot going on, you know, in conversations uh, before this happened. I think you guys, as well as I, thought it was going to go a different route. So it was a massive operation that they had to put together last minute. So you got to give them a ton of credit just for being able to get it up and running with the limited amount of time that they had. Uh, now, that being said... 
of course, just like everything, there's a lot of things that I think they're looking at to see what they can do better. Um, you know, I, there's some things that I agree with, you know, the scheduling, can that be, can, can games be spread out a little bit more so people can watch different matches? Uh, but then you have to think about convenience wise, right? Just because I'm a, you know, like they call them a sickos and I want to watch games at four, at seven, at nine, and at 11, doesn't mean that somebody who wants to watch their team at a prime time, you know, they may only be, only be interested in watching their team. So they have to balance everything. They have to cater to the vast majority and then try to kind of check all the boxes that they need to check. But what I can tell you that they're constantly looking for ways to get better and uh you know that's happened throughout the season with some of the things that our shows and our broadcast have happened they just kind of little by little make tweaks here and there uh, but i do think that they want to find consistency and i just don't know how much you can make big changes on the run uh but i can guarantee you that there will be some uh some adjustments how big they are i don't know but I know that they have their little black book writing down notes, you know what I mean? Just taking notes, taking surveys, and just figuring out what works best for everybody. It was even cool, you know, for the Atlanta-Miami uh, game, you know, they, they moved it to 4 o'clock, right? Because it was a, a big game, and, and, you know, Messi playing in Atlanta. Well, you were hoping that Messi was going <laughs> to play in Atlanta, and it never ended up happening. But I, I like that. I like that they kind of, like... The NFL does it where they flex games. Like I like that they flexed it into a a, a little a different time to, to get it to be the attention of the league. Yeah, absolutely. I think. Uh, listen, I think we're all on the same page, right? We want, you know, Apple wants as many uh, eyes on the screen as possible, and so they're going to work with any resources that they have to maximize that opportunity. So, speaking of of the opportunities, I mean because we've had this conversation about the the scheduling and I mean, I'm, I'm one of those aforementioned sickos that you're referring to. I love, I just love <laughs> watching the game. Um, I'm in a little bit of a position obviously where it's not as easy because I am at the bins for the home games and covering the team in the yeah. press box. And then by the time I get home, I can catch, you know, the tail end of like the West coast games. That's it. You know, yeah. but I think for a lot of people, the big thing is I just want to be able to watch football most of the day. Yeah. So, <laughs> but decision day was, was that, more or less that kind of day, you know, where you had a lot going on. So you were there in the studio the whole day. Just take us through kind of uh, some of the storylines, some of the things you noticed, some of the exciting moments. Yeah, no, it was it was awesome. It was a busy day. I tell you guys, I got to the studio at 1 p.m. and I ended up leaving at 1 a.m. So it was a long day for me uh, doing a, uh, you know, a show for the first batch of games. And then I would see uh, it was an hour and a half show. And then we took a little break and then we came back and did a 45 minute show and then right after the 45 minute show i hopped on with the 360 guys to you know to to the and to the english guys and, and do about 45 minutes or 30 30 to 45 minutes there and then come back to do the wrap-up so look it was it was just exciting because listen i know we 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 have we all talk about this you know relegation and promotion and all these topics that we don't need to get into but decision day you know, there's a lot at stake because you're obviously looking to see uh, who's going to get in those top four spots, which statistically and historically, when you host a game, you have better opportunities to advance, right? And then you're also looking at the teams who are trying to get into the big party. Uh, and there was so many teams, especially in the Western Conference. I mean, it was what, Minnesota United, it was SKC, it was San Jose, it was Portland. Uh, it was another team that I'm forgetting about, but all these teams for, for a couple of spots. Uh, and then during those in the, within those teams, you had teams that had history 
of being in the playoffs for many, many years, you know, like SKC, the historic team, they've won everything, MLS Cup, US Open Cup, and, and you thought, man, could they be out of the playoffs now that they're in really good form with Alan Pulido back and Johnny Russell in good form and, you know, them kind of fixing the terrible start that they had of the season. And then you're looking at Portland Timbers that, you know, they let go of Gio Savarese about five, six games ago, and then they go in a heater, you know, winning you know, all these games, scoring a ton of goals, conceding a lot of goals, and then having a setback against Montreal. But then you're thinking, you're at home, Providence Park, what an atmosphere. They need to do this. And then Houston goes and spoils the party. So, like, those type of narratives, I thought they were very exciting. You know, you look at the Eastern Conference, who's going to get that top four spot? Who's going to get that next CONCACAF Champions Cup, uh, you know, spot? Columbus Crew was fighting for it. Uh, and obviously, they got it. Uh, and then obviously you look at a team like Red Bull, right, that they've been in the playoffs for 13 years in a row. That's the longest streak for any American team uh, in any sport. And you're like, could that be over today? Could that be over today? And for them to have to go to Nashville to beat them at, uh, at Navi Stadium, I mean, that's crazy. In the dying moments, and you get Tolkien, who I think is a great player, and I think he's got a bright, bright future with the U.S. men national team. You get that guy in that do-or-die moment, and I'm thinking – I mean, this guy has nerves of steel and he buries it. So, and that changed everything. And I remember we were showing uh, images of the guys from Montreal looking at the screen as their game was over because that game was a little bit delayed. And as soon as they called the penalty, those guys walked away from the screen and they said, screw this. <laughs> so, yeah, I, mean, I don't want to watch it was, this game. <laughs> it, was, it, was, it was excitement everywhere. And it was different type of excitement, right? Who's going to make it to the wild card and who's going to qualify or who's going to make it to the top four? Obviously, uh, we didn't have that who's going to win Supporters Shield excitement. Uh, but I think overall, there was a lot of things to look at uh, for most of the games. So... Atlanta, just yeah. talk to us about y'all's y'all's thoughts. Kind of what was going through y'all's head when y'all were there at the at the studio. I mean, we we've been talking about it since since we got on. Obviously, you had it was definitely a tale of two halves for sure. But what were y'all's thoughts up there? Well, listen, I think uh, I think the big the big topic here is what was Almada thinking, right? Nice. Um, and and or was he even thinking uh, at that moment? And you know, when we think of Almada, we think of a guy that may not be here for a long time, you know, just a generation of talent, you know, guy involved with the with the national team, an MLS champion and a World Cup champion. I mean, his ability is incredible. And, you know, I look at players like Almada, and I just think what an inspiration to kids who are not the fastest, who's not the strongest, who's not the tallest. Uh, because this guy who's obviously not the most physically gifted player who can be so dangerous, so clever, he can decipher the game. Um, you know, he can. He, his passes are incredible. Uh, his set pieces, you know, outside the box, his free kicks are ridiculous. It's like it's almost like a penalty every time the, the there's a free kick outside the box. And you know, you're thinking these are the moments where young players become men, right? And the do or die moments and the playoffs. It's like, can you really carry your team through the difficult times? And then he, he goes and loses his head like that for something so minute. Uh, that's that's the head scratcher, you know what I mean? And you start thinking, man, they're not gonna have him for the playoffs for the first game of playoffs, and and what are they gonna do? One of these one of the interesting things about this league in comparison to other leagues is that you 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 depend a lot on your designated players, and uh, 
You know, I don't think we can think of a lot of teams that are successful without their designated player. And the one thing I always look at when things are having a t- when teams are having a tough time, I look at what's going on with their designated players, and you'll always find the answer, right? You look at SKC having that terrible start, ten games. Well, what happened? Polito was hurt, right? You look at LA Galaxy, you know, terrible, uh, terrible time. Well, Chicharito, Chicharito was out, and a few other players to add to Chicharito, Ricky Push out. I mean, think of any team that struggles, and you think something happened to their DP, or they completely missed it on the DP. The, on the front office, right? So, um, yeah, you know, listen, I think Atlanta United is a team that that I enjoy watching because they like to play. They let you play, right? They're not a team that's incredibly high-pressing. There's not a team that, that sits in a low block. It's a team that likes to play and a team that allows you to play just because of the way that they set up their team. And, you know, listen, I, I thought for a moment there was some shaky, shaky situations in the middle of the season. You know, I think they lost four games in a row and you're thinking you start to hear rumor, hear rumors and, and that there's a strut and, and all these things. But they were able to put it together. I thought Yakumaki is just incredible. I mean... When I think of a player like Yakumakis, I think of a guy that belongs to the goal. Like the goal, I mean, he scored a goal with a freaking knee, or I don't know what the heck he scored it with. <laughs> somewhere right? like somewhere like somewhere. But those are those are, those are no accidents. Those are no accidents. Those guys are resourceful. They're, they're instinctive and and uh I thought they hit the nail on the head with getting him involved and being that perfect complement to to uh to Almada and also you know Brooks Lennon on the right hand side. I think he's a tremendous player. Uh, I don't know which system suits him better, you know, because I know that this season, the last few games, he's gone to a 4-2-3-1. I know he's tinkered with uh, you know, uh with when Brooks Lennon was a wing back and I thought he was excellent. Uh, it'll be interesting to see what he'll do in this next game, not having Almada, right? You can't replace Almada like for like. So what's he gonna do there? Uh is he gonna stick to the 4-2-3-1? But you know, how does he continue to have that firepower uh, understanding also that you have to think about the opponent, the Columbus crew, right? Uh, we can get into that in a little bit, but Columbus crew is a team that, you know, you really have to think about how you set up against them because of the way they attack. But uh, overall, obviously, Almada is, I mean, uh, uh, Atlanta United, I think it's a great team. It's a good back line. Uh, you have the experience of Guzan in goal, and I know that he hasn't been excellent uh, this season, it's difficult to come back from an injury like the one he overcame. Uh, and I know that he's getting up there in age. Well, he's he's been up there in age for a while. Uh, but in do or die moments, experience matters. And when I look at the goalkeepers of all the teams in playoffs, there's a lot of young goalkeepers. Uh, there's a lot of young goalkeepers. And I think teams that have an experienced goalkeeper has been too qualifiers, World Cups, you know, CONCACAF Champions League and things like that, I think that's going to be a big advantage. You know, you look at teams like Columbus Crew, who's got Patrick Schulte. He was playing MLS Pro next, uh, MLS Pro last year. Uh, you have teams like FC Cincinnati. You have Salentano, who's a rookie this year. Well, last year he was a rookie, and this year he made, he's made some big mistakes uh, during matches, right? And, you know, I can probably go go on and on about all these teams that have, you know, situation in that in that department. Uh, but I do think that Atlanta United, even though he's he does, they don't have a goalkeeper in their prime. They have a very smart goalkeeper and a very experienced experienced goalkeeper. So that's an advantage for me. So when when everyone's watching the game, right in the studio, 
Is it like a bunch of friends just hanging out and like when Omada gets the red is like somebody screaming going, what an idiot. Or like, because like, I, I, I like, I, I would not be good for that because I, I know you, you probably can't be drinking while you're, while you're watching these games, but still yeah. I'm dramatic. And when I see something, I'm going to just start like going, Oh, what are you doing? Cause I was at the game and I was yeah. drinking a lot. And that's the face I was making with all the other Atlanta United fans. Yeah, well, I'm not gonna say I was drinking a lot, but uh, I, definitely, <laughs> I definitely was like, "What are you doing?" And um, obviously, uh, the other yellow was also a very soft one, right? So uh, something must have been happening throughout the game uh, where where I forget the name of the player who the player was, but the, uh, he got the best of them, right? He got the best of them, and yes. Yeah, so the way it works is we have a room where we're watching all the games. While we're uh, waiting for the other show, and but it's difficult. There's just so many games at the same time, you know. So obviously, that's why I think the whip around show, the 360 show, is a good show because they'll go back to any special moment, uh, you know. And the, the guys, Sasha and BWP, and and all the other guys that are on the show, they're they're. I mean, they're just so good at what they do, talking about experience. And I thought this this game, this whip around show on decision day was awesome because these guys were talking about their experiences uh, on decision day and just kind of talk about the psyche of the players. But yeah, when we when we saw Mala, I tell you guys a a, a little uh, situation that was happening between Diego Valeri, um, Tony Kirky, and Mariano Trujillo, who's you know he's he's a legend. Uh, when this happened, they were having a discussion about some of the best midfielders in the world, and Valeri was, and we were we were talking about Enzo Fernandez, and, and and we were talking about who's better than Enzo Fernandez, and blah blah blah. And that was a really interesting conversation. And then that was all happening while while Thiago Almada uh, got the red card, and uh, it was just an interesting thing, an interesting dynamic. But it's a lot of fun. I mean, we're there just conversing and you know just talking to each other, checking out the different games, and uh, it's a really fun environment to be in. And uh, when you're in there for a long time, you know, but it's really cool people. So get, please, y'all don't have any more conversations about the best midfielders in the world because apparently <laughs> that was bad luck. <laughs> hey, we're not <laughs> doing it again. No good. And we still don't have clarity on who is, you know what I mean? Yeah, so, yeah. Or, <laughs> well, we can keep going any other time. Unfortunately, Tiago Amato probably, probably knocked a little <laughs> off of his stock that day. For but, now, for now. For now, yeah. Um, so speaking of, of BWP, you mentioned him. I got to give you, give you credit because – we actually had him on uh, recently, a couple of weeks ago as well. And he obviously Red Bulls player and Atlanta Red Bulls had a very big thing going on for a while. And then yeah. of course you from Orlando. So I got to give you a quick shout for, uh, you know, being, being the Orlando guy to come on the Atlanta, Atlanta <laughs> broadcast, man. <laughs> yeah, man. Listen, uh, I love football, you know, and, and, you know, there's one thing things happen on the pitch but i've always really enjoyed this uh this rivalry between orlando and and atlanta that wasn't a rivalry for a long time i mean atlanta was I mean, dominated orlando for so many years and then orlando well you know was hit a little streak and you know you probably think that joseph martinez is the most hated guy here in orlando uh and then he goes to miami and he probably becomes even more hated uh yeah. because obviously <laughs> goes to the other rival and he probably enjoyed that too so uh, listen, uh, you know, the assistant coach for Atlanta United is a really good friend of mine, Rob Valentino. Okay. Uh, is a guy that I think the world of, I mean, just a tremendous human being. Uh, is a guy that I played with many years. And I tell you, uh, he's been there through all the coaching changes. And it doesn't surprise me because, you know, obviously he, he knows the game and uh, he's been around the game for a long time. He's probably learned from some of the best uh, that have had and have had not they haven't had success at Atlanta United, but you know Rob Valentino's quality as a person is just second to none, and 
and uh, you know, I, I'm just not I'm not surprised that he's been there for such a long time and he's such a legend there. I don't, I don't, we don't get to talk to Rob much. I mean, we're at the training ground and all, but you know, obviously yeah. it's, it's Pineda that you're talking to. It's the players you're talking to. Yeah. Um, he was fun to play with in that we had the media game. Like, yeah. Uh, yeah. Tell him to come on the show. Tell him. To come uh, on. Yeah. You guys, tell him him you, guys, you, you guys see him more than I do. I wish I saw him <laughs> more. Uh, but uh, no, he, he's a great guy. He's as passionate yeah. as it gets. And uh, I'm sure that every single coach that has been there has found a lot of value in him. So we're gonna put you in the, the, the coach's Come on. chair right now. How in the world does Atlanta United survive game one? And, and, and not even survive. How do, can they win this game without Almada? Um, I think they can. I think they can. Um, can they control the game? No. Uh, but that doesn't that doesn't mean that you cannot win the game. I don't know how many teams control the game against Columbus crew. Um, they have a game model that suffocates you, that pin you back, and that's because they're so aggressive. Um, the defensive efforts uh, have to be very, very good. The shifting has to be very good. Uh, the midfield has to be very strong. Communication has to be very strong. Uh, the center backs have to make sure that they're – they are referencing Cucho uh, Hernandez at all times, and then you got Rossi, and then you got Matan. There's a lot of rotation between those guys. Um, and then when you think you have it all uh, covered and everybody referenced, you get Moreira free because nobody can uh, mark him, and he'll penetrate through the middle and go in there like it's in his house, about to go watch a movie, and nobody can stop him. Now, there's a downside to that. And I think that Columbus Crew plays some of the most exciting, fun soccer in the league. But they they live on the edge, man. They live on the edge, and it's just a matter of time. And I tell you, I called their game, their the game, the very first game of the season. They played against Philadelphia Union on opening day at uh, Subaru Park, and they dominated the game. First twenty minutes, thirty minutes, they scored first actually. But I kept telling my play-by-play, -play, it's just a matter of time. It's just a matter of time. And sure enough, one counterattack, one ball over the top, Carranza, and then Torres, and then, you know, Ua, and then Gazdag, and they ended up losing 4-1. to one. Now, I think one of the biggest uh, acquisitions for them this year was bringing Camacho from Montreal back because that was Will Fernandez's guy when he was at Montreal. And before Camacho, they were playing with Quentin, who I just don't think has enough experience or pace to deal with them living on the edge and dealing with balls over the top when they lose possession of the ball and they are off balance. Uh, so coming, bringing in Camacho has been obviously a big boost for them. And then investing in, uh, in Julian Gressel, who you guys are familiar with. Uh, one of the best crossers of the ball. Yeah, one of the best crossers of the ball. One of the best wingbacks in the game. He's Tinker playing in the middle with Vancouver uh, and other teams. But ultimately, I mean, his delivery is is exceptional. Uh, it was Farsi who was playing on that side before, um, before um, Gressel joined the team. But what I'm saying to you is that Will Fernandi has carefully handpicked the pieces to come and play in his system. Now, the downside, I think, to Columbus Crew is is that they only play one way and one way only. Yeah. There are no 
today they're going to play uh, you know in a different formation um one of the interesting things about Wilfred Nancy is that I do I recognize a lot of patterns in the final third, which is contrary to most coaches who focus a lot on how they build out of the back and how they penetrate and how they progress the ball. And then in the final third, it's more let you players who get top dollars do what they do. But with the Columbus crew, I recognize patterns. I recognize uh, similarities. And I do think that Will Fernandez spent a ton of time working on the final third through, you know, uh, automatic plays, through sequences, through through patterns of play and things like that. I think if teams are able to recognize those patterns, recognize those situations, they can be they can be neutralized uh, and, and then hit in the counterattack with balls over the top. Um in different ways. So to answer your question, I do think that Atlanta has an opportunity because I do think that Thiago Almada is a very good player in the counterattack as well. But I would prioritize defensive solidity uh, for this game, especially because you guys are on the road on the first one, correct? Yes, uh, unfortunately. And, uh, right, on the road on the first one. Uh, uh, so now the interesting thing is, what's that middle going to look like? Is it going to is it going to be Rosetta? Is it going to be Sosa? Is it going to be Mayumba? Is it going to be, I mean, who's it going to be? Now is it going to change? Is he going to go through a three-man back system to kind of, uh, you know, use use the players that he's got out wide to maybe, you know, maybe get out, kind of match the formation, mirror the formation of the Columbus crew. And then obviously with Yakumaki's, you know, with Yakumaki's, uh, you know, ability, you know, in crosses and everything like that, is that, is that something that he wants to do? Uh, you know, you guys obviously have Ozzy Alonso, who hasn't been, you know, necessarily a protagonist this year, but the dude's got experience. Yep. Uh, you know, he, he knows how to organize, uh, he knows how to organize the team. You know, do you put him in the pivot and then put two players on top of him that he can kind of help, uh, you know, um, you know, navigate uh, and make sure that they're dealing with the rotations when Kucha drops. You know, Matan in those spaces is very, very good. I think he's hit a tremendous uh, evolution this year because he wasn't very productive last year. Uh, you know, what is that? What is that going to look like? Um, but these players have been playing the four-two-three-four-two-three-one for you know for so many games. I just don't think that you can just change formations uh, because formations also change functionality. Right. And and it's not just hey today we'll set up in this formation. No, there's roles. The roles change. Um, you know, unless you just want to go to a three-man back system and then just completely, you know, drop and be in a low block and hit, you know, and then hit him on the counter, uh, that's different. Uh, that's different than attacking in a three-man back, back system that requires more, uh, you know, functionality and know-how uh, of the specific role. So I, I don't know. It'll be interesting to see what he does. Uh, but I do think that they have an opportunity to um, – I don't want to say damage control because I do think that, that they can win the game, uh, but, but obviously be a little bit more pragmatic and conservative in the first game. So, as a player, uh, this because this is some we've I've done articles uh, about this, you know, since the end of that match, since the final whistle. What are they going to do without Almada, right? As, as a as a player, when you're playing against a team that has that kind of star quality and a guy like Almada. And then, you know, you know, you've got a match potentially coming up with them and you've, you know, you got your, your film guys doing their thing and, and analyzing the game and looking at everything. And all of a sudden that player is not there. Correct me if I'm wrong, but does that also make it hard for the, the, t for your team to then figure out what are we going to do? Because now they're not going to play the same way they would have before. 
Right. How is that going to change? Well, there's definitely there's there's history there, right? With Almada going with the national team, and Atlanta United having to play without him, correct? So I would probably imagine they'd go back and look at those tapes to see what what uh, Pineda did in those games. Um, you know, ultimately, guys like Almada are difficult to do homework on because, listen, he can text you and email you what he's going to do. But at the end of the day, the guys are going to do it. You know, they're just so talented. They'll figure out ways. They'll figure out the game. Um, you know, I, I don't know if they, the homework becomes more complicated for Columbus crew. I do think that they're they're probably in a good spot knowing that one of the best players in the league is not available for the first one. The, the more I hear you talk about this, you know, one of the questions we've had all season is Pineda going to be here next season? Like it's, it's a question, right? Like it's when we're doing bad, Pineda in or Pineda out. But, oh, you know what? We made the playoffs now. It's Pineda in. But he's been eliminated, you know, in the Open Cup first round. Um, League's Cup eliminated, you know, d doesn't have a win in it. Now you look at this. If he can make the right decisions, right? And he could steal this this win on the road. That, that That's... That's, you know, something for him to, to go with, to, to be here long term, I think, because I think that's that's a concern right now is, is that, yeah, we've been we've been in, you know, different tournaments and we, we're, we're, we're out before it even really starts. The, I, I, hearing you talk about this and just, you know, what types of decisions can he make if he makes the right decisions and pulls the right strings? That's huge. Yeah, no doubt. I mean, obviously, um the players have a lot to do with it as well, right? Because the coach can make the tactical sound decision. And then if the players crumble, uh, if the players don't perform at the level that they have been performing or, uh, you know, what the coach knows that they can deliver, then then you start to, to, to ask questions, right? Because I am certain that Pineda is not going to ask a player to do something they haven't done, right? Uh, he's not going to ask a player to do something that uh, he's un he's not capable of. He can't get water out of the desert. That's the reality. It would be naive to think that Pineda, hey, let me put uh, you know Sosa as the 10 and Mayumba and uh, Ozzy behind him and Sosa do Almada's work. I mean, that's just insane. So um, I, I just think that obviously decisions and what he chooses is very important. And look, the reality is that Atlanta United is, uh, and I said it with all due respect, spoiled right the expectation has been high since the first whistle since the first season and winning is very difficult winning is hard there's a lot of teams that want to win there's a lot of investment now uh more than there ever was and teams have you know uh good coaches and good players and you know some teams have better luck with injuries and stuff like that uh, atlanta united is one of the biggest clubs in major league soccer and the expectation is higher than other teams so to hear you guys say hey we've made the playoffs but so what i mean that's because you guys are used to since the first year at winning championships right i would argue that there's a lot of other teams that's like hey we made playoffs that's fantastic so your your mentality and expectation is based of based upon what atlanta united has delivered in the past and they haven't been shy about spending money. I mean, look at the managers that they brought in. I mean, Tata Martino, Heinz at the board. Uh, I mean, we can go down the list. These are big, big investments. And so, and none of those guys has worked out except for Tata Martino, right? Um, 
it's 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 a difficult one. I would be very naive to make an opinion about hey, if you guys don't make it past the first round, then Pineda has to go. You'd have to look at so many different things uh, that have happened. Uh, how involved is he with the with the players that they sign? You know what I mean? Do we? I don't know that. I don't have the answer for that. You know, sometimes you you know you have a technical director above you that makes decisions, and you as a coach you have to deal with those decisions, and you have to work with those players. How much autonomy does he have in bringing players to fit his game model, or does he have to adjust to get his game model to the players that he has? And then in, when you think about that, how much of the responsibility does he have because he wasn't given the freedom to get the players that he wanted for the game model that he knows the best. So uh, obviously I don't have the answers for this and to say that he should be gone because if they don't pass the, the, the first round, I'm not in the mind, mindset of Atlanta United ownership group and fans to say, yes, he should, or yes, he shouldn't. I certainly, uh, I would certainly want more than the first round, of course. Uh, but I don't know if my decision would be right. It's either you're gone if you don't make it past the first round and you stay. Uh, and I give you guys a quick example, which is really, which is really funny. Like obviously I'm Mexican. I follow Liga MX a lot. And it's crazy for me to think that one game could change everything for a coach, right? Oh man, he lost four in the trot, but then, if he doesn't win that one, he's going to get done and he's going to be fired. Well, if he wins it, what makes you think that things are going to get better? He lost four in a row. Like, what, what does that change? Or could that change? Could that winning that game be the catalyst to something better, right? Did the formula finally hit? But then you have to think, who did they beat? Did they beat a bad team? Did they beat a good team? It's just so many things. And it's just so difficult to really put your hand on what works and what doesn't. I think there's a lot of, uh, you have to rely on data. You have, to re you have to take a really hard look at what's happened over the season, like how many injuries the top players did they have, you know what I mean, that the top players that were meant to perform, did they perform? Uh, and just, just there's so many things that you have to look at uh, uh, to be able to make decisions like that, that me, thankfully, I'm not in that position. <laughs> well, you know us, us fans are level-headed, right? We yes, don't overreact to anything. Uh, are you kidding me? Never. <laughs> Never. <laughs> Absolutely not. Last quick question for you because I know you got to roll. You're good. Who? So we have the, the playing games tomorrow. Who makes it? Who makes it through? Listen, I'll be very, very honest with you guys. I think that the the um, it's just one single game, right? Yeah. Yeah. I think that I think that we will see a surprise. I think one of the lower, I think one of the wildcard, uh, you know, like uh, I think SKC is going to win and I think uh, Red Bull are going to win. Okay. I think those are the two teams that are going to win. Uh, I think Red Bull comes in with a lot of experience, uh, with a lot of, with a really good, really good form. I think they won their four of their last five matches. Uh, they went and beat FC Cincinnati at home, ruined the party. Now there were some rotations in that game, but they still got the job done. They go to Nashville, they beat them. Uh, on the road, um, I just don't. They don't have a lot of firepower. Obviously, with Vinzier just not being the player that they expected him to be, but somehow you get Tolkien, you get, you know, uh, Fernandez, you get Amaya and Edelman in the middle of the field with their high press, and then you create something out of nothing. I will say that it's not the prettiest soccer to watch, but. You know, it seems like they're they're feeling themselves. It's almost like, like it's almost like they have nothing to lose at this point. Um, with so many injuries that they've had with like Lewis Morgan, obviously their best player the last couple of years. 
and then Benzier still not being the player that that tag you know needs to be. But I do think that they have that they have that that the momentum in their favor. Uh, and then in the Western Conference, Sporting KC is only in the wild card position because of their terrible start. Yep. And that terrible start was because uh, Agata was out, Pulido was out, Johnny Russell was out for a certain you know for a certain amount of time. Uh, Tim Milia was out for quite a while, and I think the kid Pulse Camp did a really nice job. But you know you still need your goalkeeper, your experience, your security blanket back there, and they've been one of the best teams uh, in the last you know couple of months. They've been they're in playoff they they're in playing rhythm based on the, the point they have gotten in the last couple of months. And you look at that roster, and you have guys that have won Open Cup, that won MLS Cup. That won Liga MX with Pulido, um, and and then you have game changers like Johnny Russell and Tommy. I think he's a phenomenal player. I think that they, I think that they win. And I would even go as far as to say that if it wasn't the best of three games, they would go past uh, St. Louis. That's as far as I would go. But because it is a best of three, two at St. Louis Stadium. I am more hesitant to say that because I also don't think that St. Louis are coming in in the best moment of their season. Right. So those are my two wildcard picks. I think Red Bull and SKC get it done. Uh, and and I think that one of those guys will knock out the winner of the conference. Okay. I like yeah. it. I, I went like farther it. than you asked. I went farther I know, than you I like asked. It. Come on, let's go. <laughs> now we got the receipts, right? <laughs> yeah, I'll try and keep the receipts. Let's post them all on Twitter and see how people react. Because, again, yeah. we're all level-headed, right? Well, of course, man. Come on. You know, I'll, <laughs> I'll, I'll take a little backlash. You know what I mean? Yeah. Well, we, had to, we, had to, we had to actually give our predictions uh, uh, this, uh, this, this, this last show. Uh, or I'm gonna, so I'll go back to the studio the next. I'll go back to the studio for this for for a few of the final matches, uh, and I'm excited to share kind of just my predictions. You know what I mean? But the beautiful thing about this is that the more logical you think, the worse you're going to end up. Oh, 100 right? percent. And that's the beauty. And that's the beauty of this game. And that's the beauty of our league is that there is parity. There's a few teams that are just like powerhouses, but listen, I don't think any team is a runaway nope fc cincinnati you know i think they've, they've had their struggles as of late uh st louis as st louis has had the struggles as, uh, as of late and they've never played playoffs and you look at how they did in league's cup and they were horrible now they did play against america but then other teams beat them other mls teams knocked out america so uh and then obviously fc cincinnati losing an open cup uh losing an you know, in other competitions, uh, Leagues Cup. Uh, I don't think that there is any runaway. So anybody that says, hey, it's going to be St. Louis versus Cincinnati, mm, I would I would not uh, I would not be so sure about that. Yeah. But it's it's definitely a, in any given Sunday kind of mindset for sure. Uh, anybody absolutely. anybody can do it. So I think once you get past that playing round, then it's like anybody's game. Oh, 100%. 100%. Yes, for sir. Sure. Well, cool. Miguel, we appreciate you coming on, man. It was a good time. Yeah. Of course, guys. I really appreciate you guys. Best of luck. Say hello to Rob Valentino if you see him. I will. And uh, and uh, best of luck the rest of the season. Appreciate it. Welcome back anytime, man. See you guys, Miguel. Thank are you me. picking? Wait, 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 Miguel. Are, are you picking Atlanta or Columbus? <laughs> I gotta go, guys. I gotta go. Yeah, yeah. You're gonna. Oh. <laughs>
<laughs> meatloaf. <laughs> my meatloaf. The meatloaf. You don't have to answer. I I, I, I see it in your eyes. I won't. I won't. I won't. Armada, what are you doing? Armada, All right. What are you doing? I'm screaming the same thing at the at the walls and the ceiling, the sky, and everything else, man. Come on, guys. All right. Let's have this conversation uh, after next week. Yep. <laughs> Take Have a good one. All right. See you. Get it. See ya. I knew he wasn't going to answer the question, <laughs> but I know his I answer mean, too. I mean, to be fair, to be fair, it's, it's a tall task that is ahead of Atlanta right now. So many people you know, are like, what team, what team do you want to play? Nobody said Columbus. <laughs> Nobody. Right. But here we are. I did just because I wanted to go to a, another game. Well, that's true. You're the one one Atlanta United fan, I think, that was like, yeah, let's play Columbus. <laughs> hey, Tyler, uh, I have another guest that I that we, we should probably bring on. Okay. Surprise me. It's Miguel's mom with the meatloaf. She says, bring the meatloaf? Awesome. She's bringing the meatloaf. Or, yeah, we could, meatloaf. We, or we could bring in Sydney. That'll work, too. Sydney, I hope you have meatloaf. Or Hot Pockets. <laughs> well... Hot pockets, hot pockets. You're muted. Hot pockets. I'm just gonna keep going this until you fix your technical difficulties. <laughs> nope. Hot we'll pockets. get him. More. Technical difficulties. The My mic was off. Ah, look at that. I did the same thing. I can't. I <laughs> at least you didn't do it when there was a guest on. Exactly. Yeah, I know. Rookie mistake, amateur mistake, right there. Know, real quick, bro, I gotta kidding. bring this up because this is where my mom went when you first said that, Tommy. Bruno said, "I thought you meant Miguel Berry's mom." mom. I was like, "Well, <laughs> where, where are we going with this show, guys?" Guess. <laughs> if Miguel Berry's mom watches our show, she despises me. Despises yeah, yeah. me. <laughs> you talking about my son every day? No, no, no. <laughs> Leave my son alone. <laughs> <laughs> um, how's it going? Good, good. I'm. By the way, sorry I'm late, uh, but I'm here. Um, I'm. Let's say I'm cautiously optimistic, and my um, opinion may change because it's still a week out from Atlanta playing Columbus. I would like to think that this goes in a little favor. Unfortunately, Amada, I heard you guys talking, is out, obviously, so. It changes things just a little bit, doesn't it? Um, just a little bit. But no, um, Miguel said it, and I think everyone agrees. Um, there's no like for like replacement for Tiago Almada. And by the way, let me say this. I really enjoyed you know, listening to Miguel and watching Miguel. I know Atlanta United fans are going to say, oh, he's a Orlando guy, whatever. Um, <laughs> no, I mean, it, it, he is here to provide national insight and not Orlando insight. So... Really appreciate him taking his time, taking the time to come on, and 100%. hopefully, Atlanta fans don't have the red, white, and black tinted glasses when listening or hearing the podcast. But I definitely appreciate this insight. Appreciate whenever our MLS season past friends come on to provide their insight. But yeah, I mean, who's going to replace Tiago Almada? Tyler, I know you wrote about it. Doug wrote about it. Yeah, uh, I'm gonna that's gonna be put that in the chat real quick too. Yeah, uh, that's gonna that's that's gonna be the talking point, isn't it? Um, how Atlanta can cope because it really was a foolish, foolish penalty or foolish, foolish foul I take, especially with two yellow cards. And I think we've talked about it so many times on this show. 
you know, this Almada, you know, when he is good, he doesn't force things. When he's not good, and then he's been a step off his form, unfortunately. I mean, he's still he's still a, as good a player as there is in MLS. But I, the the problem with the problem I see with him is we don't see it game in and game out. You know, Kucho is a player that can dominate. Um, LAFC Buanga is a player that can dominate. Um, yeah, they're number ten. Say it again, Acosta. Acosta is a player that can dominate. We, I mean, we see that with Almada, you know, several times. But that being said, we don't see it enough in big games, I should say. So, unfortunately, he's gone for game one. We're going to need to see that MVP style Almada in game two, and if necessary, game three. Hopefully, Atlanta United can mitigate and do well enough without his absence. And maybe that means, you know, trying to get out a result, get out a draw in get it to penalties. I know Atlanta's history in penalties hasn't been good, but maybe that changes the tactical mindset of Atlanta United. And we'll talk about this more, I'm sure, next week when we preview the actual match. But you know, really, all bets are off when it comes to the tactical mindset that Gonzalo Pineda will have. And again, how does he plan without Amada? And how can you set Atlanta up for success too? win this match match one because I mean if you get a win somehow and I don't know if I feel that they'll win in game one. If you do it somehow in penalties or in ninety minutes, I, I feel like it will be in penalties if they do win. Get it back to Mercedes Benz Stadium and get in front of forty five thousand fans and go to work. Their home record hasn't been great this year especially the back end of the season, but no. I mean, I'll, I it's know. better than, we'll it's better than not, right? Like it's better than having to go back up there for a game three and have another away game. If you can handle business in two games, that would be amazing. And we talked about it a little bit earlier, but you know, Columbus, unfortunately is, is pretty decent at Mercedes Benz stadium. But if you go up there and you get that, that first win somehow, and then come back home, then you're putting everything back. This is what Pineda said the other day, but you're putting everything back on Columbus to then uh, come in and play a must-win game. A lot of pressure. So that's never easy, and it's never easy in the bends, no matter how you look at it. Um, real, so real quick, I do got to say this. Hey, what, just wait one second, second, second yeah. Tyler. Yeah, take a second. <laughs> it's getting colder <laughs> up here. Every, I mean, like it's 70s here. It's a weird. We got it like a weird week summer. Uh I mean, Second I looked time. at it, at least here in Cleveland, which is a two-hour drive, it says it's going to be 40 with possible snow. Now, it doesn't say snow for next week, but it's still going to be in the low 40s. It's, it's I mean, only going to get colder. So by, by the time you get to game three, if you get there, and you're coming back you know, to, to Columbus, I'll take a Minnesota snow game from 2017. I'll yeah. take that all day. <laughs> Give me that. No Classico. Yeah. Um, yeah. What you got? This game, I meant to say it when Miguel was on, but this game, first round game anyway, is going to be free on Apple TV. So yep. I don't know if anybody's listening that doesn't have Apple TV already, but if you don't, you can still watch the first game on Apple TV. It is going to be all free. You need, yeah, all you need is an Apple ID That's to it. watch. And then if you don't have you know, Apple TV at all, 
And if you still have the streaming package, it's going to be on FS1. Not Big Fox, but FS1. So you'll be able to watch there. And then FS2 Much easier to watch via Apple, for sure. Right. Yeah, for sure. For sure. Uh, for numerous reasons. As, but, as we uh, all say this yeah. on our MacBooks. Yeah. <laughs> right. Exactly. After exactly. the Apple TV guy comes on. Yeah. Yeah, no doubt. <laughs> um, who do you guys think is going to win the wildcard matches? Not wildcard. Um, the... Yeah, wildcard matches. Who do you think is going to win? Got Rebels and Charlotte, and then Sporting versus San Jose. Um, you know, I feel like Red Bulls are going to win, you know, being the home team, coming on that wave of momentum and clinching playoffs on the very last day. Uh, that penalty from Tolkien, like Miguel mentioned earlier. And the Sporting have been really on a bit of a run toward the end of the season, and they're going to be kind of flying high. Coming into the postseason, they weren't supposed to be there. Miguel mentioned it. This was a team that struggled at the beginning of the year, had a number of players out. But now that you have those guys back and healthy in the team, your chances of maybe making a bit of a run in the postseason become that much better. Because I'm looking at both teams' most recent results. San Jose, their last win at MLS was September 16th. Since then, they lost to Portland and play to four straight 1-1 draws, which is really something. And then when you look at Sporting Kansas City, Sporting Kansas City are in a much better way. They won their final two matches. That being said, they got blown up by St. Louis, who St. Louis is, I mean, they're, they're obviously the class of the West, but Miguel mentioned St. Louis is maybe a little bit weaker than they were earlier in the season, but they got blown up by St. Louis, but then beat a 10 RSL team on the road, and then at home beat Minnesota to clinch a playoff spot. So I feel like they're in a much better position, much better spot than San Jose are. So, yeah, Red Bulls, San Jose. Red Bulls, Sporting KC are my picks. What do you guys think? Do these count towards our... No. Why not? Atlanta Atlanta games count. Whatever. Everybody, uh, just to update the scoreboard, Sydney and I both said 2-2. So congratulations, Sydney's on the board. He waited to the last <laughs> game, last regular game of the season <laughs> to get on it. But uh, prediction challenge: Tommy three, Tyler and Sydney one. And please, Sydney, get the next game right. I want Tyler in last. We need to relegate <laughs> him. We'll get Henry in here uh, for the prediction challenge uh, next season. It'll be glorious. I'm coming That's back in hope. 2025, though. I don't know what you're talking about. 2025. Yeah. No, I, I agree. I agree with you, Sydney. Uh, the same. The, the same for both those games. I So, I would agree. I do think Red Bulls beat Charlotte. I just think Charlotte, no. they're just so shaky. Um, mm. The thing is, Kalina, really, though. Charlotte can get, like, they can nick a goal at any point, but they also are just so inconsistent. You never know what you're going to get out of Charlotte. Red Bulls, you know they're not going to go and score a ton of goals, uh, but they're going to press you like crazy. And I just don't think Charlotte um, is steady enough on the ball to to not be able to you know handle what Red Bulls do. So to me, that one's the easier of the two to decide. I'll go Red Bulls. The other one, I know recent form says SKC, but my heart says not SKC. I just think I think that team has something that they can pull out 
in the playoffs in, in a do or die type of game. And I think they're going to, I think they're going to do it. You're so wrong. San Jose, I'm it is. <laughs> we'll see. That's good. We'll see. But that being, that being said, well, Tommy, what you got? I was going to vent for a minute, but you finished vent. your thought. No, then... vent, vent. Cause I was about to transition to the next part. So what you got? The playoff schedule sucks. <laughs> yes. <laughs> the playoff schedule sucks. You had Let's a go. thing where you had every weekend, every weekend, every Saturday, I was skipping hanging out with my friends to watch Atlanta United do spaces and call that every Saturday. Maybe there was an occasional Wednesday here and there. You went and you picked the most random ass days. This is how angry I am. Sydney, I know you don't want me saying ass, but I'm going to say ass. Most random ass days to put games on TV. You guys have to go to a game on a Tuesday night. Who gets crazy on a Tuesday night? If you want to put it on Thirsty Thursday, sure. You know what? Put it on Thirsty Thursday. People will call off on Friday. Nobody's calling off work on Wednesday. Nobody's doing that. This Tuesday game is stupid. And the only game, the only pl- weekend game is on a Sunday at 7 o'clock? Get out of here. I know there's the I know the I know that the NHL and the NBA are going and the World Series uh, is about to go down and that's probably part of some of it, but get out of here, just be on stupid. Hallelujah! Reach it. Ah, you didn't you didn't mention and not to belabor the point, but you didn't mention that if there is a sweep, the winner could be off for three weeks. Yep. You didn't mention that. Yep. All the way till the end of November, almost to Thanksgiving. You're trying to make me more angry? Let's go, Tommy. <laughs> Come on. Tommy's going to turn into the Hulk, the Incredible Hulk, before the show's up. <laughs> I'm glad it's, it's just dumb. On something. Normally, I feel like it's me. I'm just like going off, but I, I like this. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And like, and, you know, when we were talking to Miguel, uh, you know, he said, you know, you, he, he brought up the spoiled comment, um, which I know angered some people in, in the chat. But, you know, making the playoffs now. Some people. Like, it's not hard. Like, I, I, I understand there's teams that didn't make the playoffs, but nine teams make the playoffs in each conference here. Like, if you're Atlanta United, you should be expecting to be making the playoffs with the amount of money um, and resources that you have. So, like, like I, I don't know. This this whole, this whole, I, I was, there was a rumor, and maybe it was Mike Conti or Jason that, that, that I think said it a while ago, rumors that it was going to be Saturday, 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 and they kind of spread it out a little bit. And then Sydney, to your point, like it wasn't going to, there wasn't going to be as long of a break, I think. And if you ended up doing that way, um, you would have spread it out to at least to the end of that weekend, uh, the following weekend. But like, this is just, this is just picking random days on there. And like, you want, you want your, your stadiums filled. Right. And like, you know, some cities, it's it's not going to be as hard. But, like, I was talking to someone, um, one of my Terminus friends, and he said, you know, it's going to be hard for me to make it on time to get down to Atlanta and, and you know, park. And, you know, if you want to go drink before and, and have fun and then get into the game, like, that's not – he's just going to be hurrying, running into the game to be able to make it. Like, come on, man. you you got to be better than that. Yeah, it's ridiculous. And – you know, I just think like you got kids as well. That's that's another one. Like kids are going to be, they can't stay up, right? Not for that kickoff, and then have to get up to go to school in the morning. You talked about work. Like there's just I don't know. It was really weird 
days and and even beyond that like it's not just the days that were picked it's how long you waited to let everybody know like i have a pretty free job and in terms of like when i can make my schedule and even it was kind of hard for me like i'm like trying to figure out what am i going to do for the schedule for that first or you know maybe only home game it's it's crap i don't like it so it was 24 hours right it was about 24 hours they released it yeah or was it monday yeah i mean the nhl usually is, is around you know either that morning or that afternoon or something like that from there yeah you would like to think that mls makes some changes in 2024 based on the feedback that they get from 2023 so yeah send them my rant yeah miguel if you're (laughs) still watching he he said that mls listens to us just send him this link have him watch it (laughs) right stupid ass schedule rant exactly um Um, i really really will to get got something uh bruno was asking about because it is the extended playoff schedule it's weird because most of the time the league ends kind of mid-november i mean depending on how how far it goes but you've got until december 9th uh how cold st louis or cincinnati during that time that's a good point Um, yeah it's a good point it's midwest winters are you know no joke so well i pulled it up i pulled up the actual stats (laughs) because i was curious (laughs) um december 9th the average for both cities the low is 30 and the high is 45 nice (laughs) take that for what it's worth i mean at least cup in the snow yeah mid-teens or anything but that's that's still it's still chilly but it is um get off my lawn mls right (laughs) (laughs) um so yeah i have no more rants you tell me for me i guess this is the perfect time then because let's see today's tuesday our our game our first game is on wednesday so our show is going to be different next week but Mm -hmm. preliminary predictions for this first match what do you got well I feel like we should wait until. Next I got to read your article. I haven't read it. I'm going to be honest. I'm a bad friend. I haven't read your article yet. Well, I, I don't even want to think about replacing Almada. It's just like when I read this article, it's going to make me more upset than I am now. And I'm already upset. Like my watch just said my heart rate's up. So I don't want to get more. But like, let, let, let me get to like tomorrow or Thursday and then I'll read your article and be like, okay, here's how we're going to replace Almada because right now I'm just just like we're not replacing Almada we're gonna lose it's the end of the world but when your article will make me feel better if I'm just not ready for it yet I want to be upset for a little bit longer it'll make you feel better it'll give you hope I think I guess hopefully (laughs) yeah um yeah yeah probably hit pause on the predictions I'm not ready to no we're predicting predicting something um my overreaction is we lose three to one that's my overreaction right now does it turn into a monsoon up in up in columbus like it typically does when atlanta plays there predict that yeah columbus is going to be through that's my quick prediction check back next week to see if my mind has changed then but that's just my tldr i like it I want my weather predictions. Dang it. Come on, meteorologists. Is it going to rain and pour? Are they going to be playing? It's going to rain. It's going to rain. It always rains. Miserable. It's just cold. Yeah, it's always gross. Possibly snowing. Yeah. Okay. But I'm going. I, I'm going to go. I'm going to go You'll for for, yeah. for game one. Yeah. Tommy will be there uh, covering it, I believe, right? That's the plan. That's the plan anyway. So, all right. Um. 
I think that's that's all we've got. Make sure you guys check out scarvesandspikes.com. Um, that is where the article that Tommy has not read and will go read, hopefully, as soon as we get done here. He has homework now. Yes. <laughs> but no, scarvesandspikes.com. That's also where you can access our shop. Go buy yourself some stickers, get them sent to your house, and then slap them on some stuff and send us some pictures and post it on the internet. internet. All over the internet. Interwebs. Put it on the Falcon. Yeah, Someone yeah. get it on the Falcon. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, and Don't then Patreon. So you, hey, if you can manage to get it on the Falcon and get a picture, uh, and not and get, not get arrested. Away, <laughs> yeah, right. More power to you. <laughs> we did not tell you to do it. Yeah. <laughs> but if you do it, we want a picture. Right. But watch along. We will be doing a watch along. Sydney uh, and Tyler will be on it. Maybe I'll I'll hop on it half and. It'll be will be reverse roles. It'll be really weird. And I'll have Doug by me probably, so I, I could get Doug uh, to be a special guest on it. There we go. I like it. We'll talk about Fallout Boy. It'll be great. <laughs> Make sure you bring up the the cherry on top, Pentatonics. Oh, I hate Pentatonics. Oh, what are you doing? Does he hate he Pentatonics? Hates... Oh, he hates Pentatonics. All right, that'll be my opening liner because I think last time when I officially met Doug, I was like, "Hey, how about that Fallout Boy concert?" It was really funny. Real really, really quick Doug story, and we'll get out of here. The last match. 30 seconds. He, no, I didn't put a time limit on. Sorry. No. God. Um, <laughs> so EU starts playing Fallout Boy <laughs> in the bins, and everybody in the press box just kind of like looked over at Doug, and he just kind of looked <laughs> up and was like, starts shaking his head. <laughs> he does not like them, but he can recognize their songs. That's what I think is so funny. Interesting. Oh, yeah, that works. seated hatred there. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah, um, patreon.com slash scarps and spikes. You want in on the um, watch along action during the playoffs. Yes. And everything else that we have going on there, which is a lot. We have our Discord. Discord's fun. Um, we also have other insiders, other guests that we, we chat with, and give you guys some updates from the training ground, all that good stuff. So uh yeah. I think that's that's all the plugs. And We will see you guys next week as we get ready for this match. It'll be fun. Thanks for hanging out. Somewhat optimistic, but we'll see what happens. Be optimistic. Put the energy in the world. You said they were going to get knocked out in the first round. Don't tell me you're optimistic. I said check back next week to see if I change my mind, though. Well, right now, you're you're negative. Negative Nancy. (laughs) A sad Sydney. <laughs> and then you're thinking of like S words and the <laughs> I was, <laughs> I was, was like seductive, <laughs> seductive Sydney, and I was like, no, that's Whoa. that's 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 scarves and spikes after dark. Yes, head end, just head end. This is we're off track. All right, bye guys. See y'all.